ברוכים הבאים בשם השם, ולחנוכם מבייס השם. Welcome to our weekly shir, and that means weekly, Baruch Hashem. This week, Shabbos, Pashat Kedach, Shabbos, Mubarakim HaKedesh, Kedesh Tammuz, Vesh Kedesh Mertzim Shabbos and Sunday, Today is, today, Al-Kapanam was Wednesday, the date was Chof Sivan, as people turn up your fingers, Chof Sivan, a yard site of Marada Asa, of Lubavitch, Rabbi Marlow, of you the Kalman Marlow, Olav Shalom. Chav Sivan is also a fast day. The Chav or Chav Aleph, I don't remember. The day that they established for the Kedashim that were killed. Inquisition, or for which one, I don't know which one, but for all throughout the times of Sivan, Sivan, with all the problems came about for Klal Yisrael, they declared Chav Sivan a fast day, it's a fast of Tzadikim, um, very few people I'm sure they're fasting it, it's uh, probably in tune with the people that fast for uh, Bahab or something of the sort, Erev and Kippah Cotton. I was, uh, I received a call saying that the person needs to, uh, wants to collect on a, uh, on a bracha. <coughs> Interesting debt. We had uh, given a bracha last year at this parsha. That all those that are in need of whatever they're in need of, shaduchim, children, should be sent. And someone was calling to call on, call on his debt, saying that unfortunately he's not married yet. Well, they should send takatahim to everyone that needs their shaduchim and zivugim. And we should understand that we don't push them away with hand, two hands and two feet then they come easier. Interessant um, There's a story with the Reb Maharash. There was a Chosid, his name was Reb Zalman. And Reb Zalman was in between businesses. He was looking for something to invest in. At the time, the Coca-Cola of the time, or the Snapple, or whatever drinks you, people are going for today, the Red Bull, or <laughs> the popular drinks, 
Slurpees. At that time, there was a drink called Kvas. I ask you please not to text, email, or call and ask what it means, because I have no idea what Kvas was. Um, I don't even know if uh, Rabbi Google could answer that. It was a drink, Kvas. And it was a popular drink, but you had to really know how to make it, and how to bottle it, how to sort it, store it. They used to get Holton, Zalman, met with three people. And these three people were Kvas experts. What were the three? One was an expert Kvas maker. One was an expert Kvas distributor. <coughs> and the third had a warehouse, an empty building, where they could set up shop. And kvass can be produced, mass-produced, and they're going to get rich. No, help the Rebbe there. They came to Rebzalman, they said, Rebzalman, you give us the capital, and we are going to be so rich. In the Shire. There's no measure, no numbers here. No numbers, just Giserai, Davai. Oh, kvass apparently is like borscht. I mean, Akhapanam today they call it that. It's made of beets, burikis. So, health the Rebishter. You get an offer like this, the first reaction, of course. No, nobody in Chile is listening to this year tonight. Because they won the game today. <laughs> they are too, they have they to throw out of Brazil 89 Chileans. They, they expelled them. Because they got wild. They attacked the media or something. Bikitzer. The reaction, his immediate reaction, his gut, his gut reaction was, of course, I'm in. But then Zalman realized and remembered, it doesn't work that way. You're not in until you're told you're in. And you're not told you're in until the Rebbe tells you so. He's not in the house. He's not on the computer. He's on his phone. No. He decided he better quickly travel to the Marash and tell the Marash his story, his adventure, and once a bracha. And so he came to the Marash and he presented his case. And the Rebbe told him, Loi mitan alif, nothing doing. It's insane. Don't go near it. No. Zalman came home and told everybody, sorry, Rebbe said no. They jumped on him. And they said, Zalman, are you nuts? The Rebbe understands what kvass is. The Rebbe drinks kvass all of a sudden. Where's the Rebbe come to kvass? He doesn't understand the mother. He doesn't understand the sign, the, 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 the society today. Come on, get real. Go back, explain to the Rebbe, it's very, very good. It's very good stuff, and we have a great opportunity here. So he figures he didn't explain it, maybe he didn't explain it right to the Rebbe, he went back again, and he told the Rebbe, he got into Yechidus again, 
And the Rebbe told him, I don't understand, I told you last week, no. Alright. Came back and said, I'm sorry, it's not happening. They said to him, you know what, Zalman? You're, 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 you're not playing with the full deck. You're a businessman. You're a businessman, you should be smarter than this. They sat him down with pen and paper, and they mapped him out. The first year profits. In other words, it's not just you're going to get back your investment in the first year, the profits that you're going to make in the first year are just astronomical. Everybody drinking kvass. They said, now take this paper to the Rebbe. Show the Rebbe how much your miser money is, what your 10%, what your tithe is going to be. Show the Rebbe how, how amazing it is. You're going to be in good shape. The Rebbe will understand it, and the Rebbe will say yes. No. <laughs> it was an argument he couldn't refute. Support of Zalman treks back to Lubavitch. And again asks. And the Rebbe says a third time, no. No. He comes home, and he says to them, under no certain circumstances, no. The Rebbe said no. Now he had to deal with his wife. His wife fell on his head. His wife started lacing into him. How dare you threaten the family Parnosa? Deprive your children. It's crazy. Anyway, strangely and oddly enough, they were able to convince him. They were able to swing him. He invested the money. This guy, Taka, made the best class there was. The factory was ample to supply tremendous amounts. This guy, Taka, knew all the distributing and all the plans. The kvass was in full swing. Um, I'm trying to think of something. Oh, I know what it was called. There's a drink called Yuhu. Yoo-hoo. I'm sure it still sells. But in the 50s and the 60s, you didn't go a day or two without yoo Summer, winter, didn't make a difference. I mean, yeah, it's a chocolate drink, milk. It was chocolate milk drink, it was just something that you, you couldn't uh, resist. And in those days, unfortunately, people were not machma with the Shechal of Yisrael. You was the drink. Today, I'm sure, per capita, you sells approximately 10% of what it was selling in those days. Per capita, because I'm telling you that they might be selling the same amount of you they sold those days, but you have today 10 times more people purchasing and they're buying so many other things. I'm not going to tell you what, because I'm not going to start sounding like there's an advertisement for soft drinks. 
No. Kvas did the same thing. Kvas lost its popularity only too soon. So soon was it that it lost its popularity that a year later they not only lost on the deal but he was totally wiped out. Destitute. Cleaned out. He came running back to the Marash. Rebbe, forgive me. Rebbe, forgive me. I, I, I didn't listen. It was peer pressure. It was this. It was whatever it was. Rebbe, forgive me. The Rebbe said to him, Zalman, I want to tell you there's three types of chassidim. The first one is a chassid shaita. An idiot, a fool. He thinks the Rebbe is a tzaddik. And that the Rebbe has Ruach HaKedosh. And that the Rebbe is, is, is second to God or interchangeable. And therefore... He will not breathe, turn right or left without asking the Rebbe, without getting the Rebbe's consent first. That's the first type of chassid. The second type of chassid is a normal chassid. And he says the Rebbe is a tremendous, tremendous Talmud Chachem, a tremendous Yiddish Shemayim, has learned and amassed so, so much of Teda. And therefore, from his knowledge of Teda, from his Das Teda, he is able to dispense advice. He's able to give ideas and thoughts. And therefore they come to the Rebbe. Then they have the very normal Chosid, that says the Rebbe, he has seen it all. If you want to be able to say, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, the Rebbe can say that. He has seen every possible scenario, every possible case, law, um, medicine, Everything. He's seen and heard everything. So what better person is there to go to? He's like a Wikipedia. He's a Rabbipedia. <coughs> the Rabbipedia, you can ask him everything. He has all the knowledge. And therefore they asked the Rebbe. You, he says to Zalman, don't fit in any of the categories. You did not trust and believe me. The story told of a woman in the olden days, Shabbos Fabrengen, started at 1.30. When there was a Fabrengen on Shabbos, it started at 1.30 in the afternoon. In the, once the Chofs. Always at 1.30 in the afternoon, Fabrengen. Not every Shabbos was a Fabrengen, not every Shabbos was a definite Fabrengen. 
There were times we weren't sure, they were sure. But the Rebbe was fabring at one thirty. Now, people had different approaches to this. Some people came to shul at 8 o'clock in the morning and stayed in shul until after Fabrengen. And because sometimes Fabrengen went till the end of Shabbos, they missed out on their the Shabbos in the later years. And therefore they would eat their chalant at night, love malka, and have chalant with a cigarette. They experienced Elam Haba. Then there were the chassid that came for davening. There was a short, a brief intermission usually between davening and fabrengen. He would run home quickly to his family, make kiddush, and come running back to fabrengen. All the while hoping that someone next to where he's sitting would hold his place for him. Then there were the people that didn't daven like Hatchil in 770. They davened in Shtiblach. There were plenty, and there's uh, many, many more today. They would daven in Shtibl. And after davening, which was finished substantially earlier than 770, they would go home, and they would have even Suda Shabbos, and they would march their way up at 1 o'clock to the Fabrengen, and Chapa Gershnuz, the whole Fabrengen. They would sit and listen to the whole Fabrengen from 1.30 on. If you did not go home, if you did not go home, and your Asian Chayel wanted your child to participate in Fabrengen also a little bit, so the mama who was sitting home alone with the children would sometimes take the children and bring them up to 770 later. So in the middle of Fabrengen, 2, 3, 2 o'clock, 2 and a half, 2.30, 3 o'clock, you would see little children coming either over people's heads, under people's benches, squeezing their way in. They learned, Baruch Hashem, where they had to go, where their fathers were sitting. Ba'ayim, and this woman, what the mother would do, if the mother was able to bring the, baby, the child, she would send in the child into the door and then run upstairs to the Vibishul and ask the women to please excuse her so she could stand by the window for a moment to make sure that the child gets to the father. Noshim Tzidkani is, of course, most women would let her do that, let her check. And this was the scenario this very week. The woman was standing by the window waiting for her young child. And the child was getting squashed, was getting pushed, and he fought valiantly. And he fought and he fought. Finally got to a place where he thought was his father. And his father's capata was hanging down. So he took his father's capata and he wiped his face his sweat, or whatever, he wiped his, his nose probably. Oh. And uh, the whole shoe gasped. Everybody was in shock. 
And it turned out that the father's kapata that the Rebbe, that the child found was the Rebbe. Was the Rebbe's kapata. He didn't find, well, physically, he didn't find his actual paternal father there. The mother was so embarrassed and devastated. This is obviously her fault. Can't be the husband's. Husbands never do anything wrong. She wrote a letter after Shabbos to the Rebbe apologizing that her son did something so embarrassing. And the Rebbe answered her that if only all Hasidim would look upon him as a father like that little boy did, things would look very, very different. So in essence, the Rebbe said that the child came to me, took my kapot in his hand, wiped his nose, wiped his face, thinking that he's wiping it in his father's kapota. And he was, the Rebbe is a father to the children. And therefore, the Rebbe had no problem with the child doing that. And therefore, and with that, the Rebbe said, Halavai Olchsidim, would think of me as a father like this child did. Mm. Today is the yard site of Rabbi Marlow. Behuda Kalman ben Avram Yeshua. He was Ish Halacha. What is Ish Halacha? We spoke once by Akedas Yitzchak. The Taylor tells us a story of Akedas Yitzchak. And in the happening of Akedas Yitzchak, Taylor tells us that Avram Avinu brings Yitzchak to the altar. He ties him to the altar all upon the, from the command of God. And then, an angel says, stop. The angel says, don't do it. When the angel says, don't do it, a cup of the juice there in the fridge, please. The angel says, don't do it, Abraham says, okay. And we ask the question, the world-renowned question, Hashem told you to do it, an angel told you to stop, and you listened to the angel. You went back on God's commandment, because an angel told you to. Something's wrong with this picture. This is not how it works. If God commanded you, how could you listen to an angel to stop Let us examine for a moment the wording of the angel. The angel calls to Avram and says, Al Tishlach Yodcha El Hanar. The wording is not right. Al Tishlach Yodcha El Hanar translates, Don't send your hand to the child. 
He should have said, Al Tigaboy, don't hit him, don't touch him. What is this lotion of Tishlach Yadcha? And based on that wording, Avram knew that he should stop. The Malach said, Avram, you do everything because it's the way the God wants it to happen. You do everything because that is the will of God. And therefore everything happens automatically by you. Huh? And because it's how God wants it, that's why your feet go there. Because this is how God wants it, that's why your words are that way. Because this is what God wanted it, this is why your hands move that way. But look, Avram, your hand is not going automatically to Shechtim. You're forcing your hand. Why are you forcing your hand? If this was the what God wanted, your hand would go automatically. But since it's not what God wanted, therefore you have to force your hand. So I'll tishlach yodcho. Thank you. Don't send your hand. Stop. And this is how the Malach proved to, to Avram Avinu that this was not what God wanted him to do. And Ish Halacha, Ish Halacha is a man, a person that lives in the way of Halacha. A person who lives a life of Halacha doesn't have shortfalls, doesn't have shortcomings. Whatever he does is because Halacha dictates it that way. Whatever he does, because that's how the Torah is supposed to be. And the Rav lived exactly that way. The Rav lived with the Dalar Amisha Halacha. Now, again, I'm not, you know, I don't want to hear afterwards you compared him to Avraham Avinu, uh, to Meish Rabbeinu. We find similarly in this week's parsha, of course. Vayishma Meisha Vayipel Alponov. Meisha heard and he fell on his face. Yeah, okay. They ate a lot of sand in the desert, huh? He was never always falling on his face. There's a famous story of a misnagid antagonist 
who came to the Alter Rebbe Mispoon. Plastic spoon. Who came to the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, of Shazamun Yadi. And he asked him, isn't there a little too much gaiva going on here? Isn't there a little too much pride on display here? You have a mishoris, you have a this, you have a that. Something wrong with this picture. Dr. Rebbe heard him. Dr. Rebbe put his head on his arm, like when we say Tachnun, he thought for a moment. The Altarebbe answered. The expression the Taylor uses for the leaders of the people is Roshe Alfe Yisrael. The heads of the thousands of, of Yisrael. So we see, therefore, that the leaders are called heads. What's up is a head. A head and a body are attached. And if they're not attached, then we see unfortunate results, as we see in today's day and age, man. Many people whose heads, heads are not attached. But yet, you don't wear the same garments on the head like you wear on the body. Again, debatable today's day and age. Why? Because they have to be separate to an extent. Thank you. So too, the heads of the nation need to be separate. The antagonist was very impressed with his answer. He took it and he walked. At the time, the Altarebbe's son, who later was his successor, Ebdebed, Mitlerebbe, he was sitting there and he asked a different question. He said, Tata, that answer that you gave was nowhere near as profound as you made it. The whole motions, putting your head down, why don't you just answer him straight? And his father answered his father, Dr. Rebbe answered to the middle of Rebbe. In the story of Kedach, we read, Madua Tisnasu Al-Kahal Hashem, Kedach called out. Why do you raise yourselves over the people of God? And then we read, Vayishma Mesha, Vayipel Aponov. Mesha heard and fell on his face. After falling on his face, he got up and he said, I'll tell you in the morning. 
Why couldn't Moshe answer right away? Why did Moshe have to do the whole drama, falling on his face? But the truth was, Meshe Rabbeinu, when he heard someone uh, accusing him of Chas Shalom being a Balgaiva, being overly proud, he got worried. Is there any pride here sticking out all of a sudden? To this, Moshe had to fall on his face to do an examination of himself to see is he being too proud. But the truth was, Kerach was no more than a messenger. And he could have given an answer immediately. But then maybe another something would come from the Maila. Another Kitrig, another question, another somebody would ask about Moshe's action. And therefore Moshe fell on his face to make sure that he was taka as humble as he really is and that his humility was true and real. And there was no divine messenger confronting him. Only then did he give an answer. The Altarebbe said similarly happened here. The same thing happened here. Now again, I don't want to hear later that I compared the love to Meshul Abenu. He was a Drav, not a Rebbe. One of the most powerful things that he taught, one of the most powerful messages that he shared with us was the concept of Das Teira. That by Das Teira, a person has to live. With Das Teda, everything is clarified, everything is brought to light, everything is given to understand. But not only that, it's more than that. With Das Teda, with the words, with the, the opinion of Teda, when it's rendered by a Meira Hidah, by someone who has smicha, and someone that has learned and has been trained to give answers, then Das Teda takes on a dimension that can move mountains. Das Teda, when Bezin Paskins and we say by Kornidre, as Bezden Shamata, so too Bezden Shamayla. 
as the courts of the world, so too the courts of the heavenly courts. They have put together in one sentence, in a comparison. And this is, in essence, what Das Teda does for a person. When we're in doubt, when we have a question about something, not just halachic, any way of life, any approach to life, if we get a halachic rendition, a halachic decision on On how, what, and when. <laughs> On how, what, and when a person should live and do, then the person will never be steered wrong. And the results will always be the same, will always be correct. This our Rav taught us. Our Rav taught us that you can always come and ask and discuss no matter what topic, no matter what subject, no matter how deep and how problematic, how intense, how private. But if you discussed it with the Rav and you discussed it with him because you wanted his Das Taylor opinion, Many times the Rebbe referred people to talk to the Rav because the Das Teda will give the answer. Again, similarly, we find this week's Parsha. Kerach comes to Mesha. And says to him, I have a Shiloh for you, Moshe. What's your Shiloh, Mr. Kerr? Come here. What's your Shiloh, Mr. Kerach? A bias mole svorin. A house full of books, full of Hebrew books. Does it need a mezuzah? If the house is full of Hebrew books, does it need a mezuzah? I mean, let's let's picture this. Wall to wall, the house is wall to wall with Jewish books. Why then would I need a mezuzah on the door as well? In Medrash Rabbah it says, That Mesha answered him, it is Chayiv and Mezuzah. To which Kerach actually had a laugh. What is this to us? What is this teaching us? What lesson? What life lesson do we have from this story? A person can be Molly the goddess of Taylor. 
A person could be full of svarim. And he thinks about himself, I don't need to affiliate, to associate with the outside world even. I have no reason to have anything to do with anybody. It's me and my tater. I'm a Ben tater. And therefore, what else do I need? But Meishu Rabbeinu's Psaq Din is that yes, you are Chayiv and Mezuzah. Let us now analyze Mezuzah and Svarim. The mezuzah has in it two parshas. <laughs> I've told this story before. It's a nasty one. But I had an occasion once in Israel. Several, shall we call them antagonists, Litaim, snagged them. Invited vegan approached me, and they were having the, they were throwing their punches, the Rebbe punches all their problems with the Rebbe. Why we say, this is before we actually have the campaign of the Rebbe being Mashiach. They still had a problem with the Rebbe. How the Rebbe tells people to put fill in, all these, which they now do. Um, and one of the problems they always have is the Mufsim of the Rebbe. Tell me, Tagili Mofet Marebe. Tell me a miracle the Rebbe did. That the Rebbe performed. And I said to them, I won't tell you a miracle of my Rebbe. You boys are from Ponovich. I'll tell you a miracle of the Ponovich. Now this, I got their attention beyond. A miracle of the Ponovich. This is their, their, their. And they treated the Panovich uh, <laughs> with a total different reverence that we treated the Rebbe. However, we treat or respected or looked at the Rebbe, their understanding of this or anything, when they treated the Rosh Hashiva was a total different thing. No. They came, so I told them, I have a story of the Panovich Amephis. I said, okay, let me hear. So I told him the miracle of the Panovich. There was a Misnagid who had a major problem with drinking. He was drinking. He couldn't do alcoholism. AA. And Sarina Godel. They couldn't help him. They sent him for help and for doctors and for this and for that. He wasn't getting anywhere. By Yem, they wrote a letter. They asked the Panovich what they should do. He wanted this guy. He has the same fate on all the little girls. The adults are having fun. And they asked the Panovich, and they told the Panovich about this problem. The Panovich told them they should check his mezuzah. 
Because I know it sounds awkward, it's a Lubavitcher thing to say, but check his mezuzah. No, they checked his mezuzah, I told them, and they found in his mezuzah, instead of the mantizgru, it said the mantishkru. Instead of the mantizgru, you should remember it, said the mantishkru, you should get drunk. Oh, so they realized why he was getting drunk, and they changed his mezuzah, and he became well. These two guys were mesmerized. Such a major miracle. Such, it's not the Rebbe. The Rebbe said uh, the mezuzah was possible. Mezuzah was missing a word. Mezuzah wasn't a mezuzah. It was empty. Whatever it was, but such a direct thing. The guy was a shikha, and he said instead of the mantishkru, tizkru, the mantishkru. This mafiz by them was. Now I will tell you my sin. I will now confess to you. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people this story went to. I only hope and pray that any of those people open a mezuzah one day in their life and find out the parsha Vayema is not in the mezuzah. So the parsha which says the Mantisgru is not in any mezuzah. The story is beyond bogus, beyond fictitious. It was a nasty joke. We do have in the mezuzah those Shema and Ve'ahavta. Shema Ve'ahavta and Vahayim Shema'ya, excuse me. The Pasuk of Shema Yisrael we have discussed many, many times. The Pasuk of Shema Yisrael is the basis of our entire existence. Whether it be the first time Shema Yisrael that the Shifta Yudke, the tribes, told their father Yaakov as he was lying on his deathbed. And they said to him, when he was worried that they're not going to behave, they're going to do something not his way, not the way he's supposed to act. They said to him, Shema Yisrael, listen our father Israel, Hashem, the God that you're talking about, Alekeinu, is our God. And you're concerned that we're going to go elsewhere, Hashem Echod, He's our one and only God. Or according to the Medrash, it says that by Matan Tater, the Abish gave the Tater and he said, Shema Yisrael and Eicha Hashem Alekecho. Hear, O Israel, I am God your God, the first of the Ten Commandments. To which the Jews answered, Hashem Alekeinu, God is our God. And then he said, Hashem, You should not have any other gods. To which the Eden responded, Hashem Echad. So we find therefore the Pasuk of Shema Yisrael a basis of our entire existence. The Pash via Hafta. We discussed this many times. Rashi tells us the difference between the slave that loves God, loves his master, and the slave that fears his master. The slave that loves his master will never leave his master. Slave that loves his master will do anything for his master. Similarly, the slave that fears his master wouldn't leave and will do anything also. But on a given opportunity, if the one that fears his master can escape, can get away, and know that he won't be punished, 
won't be caught, won't be reprimanded. He will do so. Whereas the slave that loves his master would never even dream of entertaining the thought of deserting his master. And therefore, Vyahafta, the Pasha Vyahafta, teaches us of the Ava of God, the love to God. Vahayim Shemaya, the Indian of Vahayim Shemaya is the fear of God. Chassidus discusses this at great length, the difference between Vyahafta and Vahayim Shemaya. A mezuzah watches over a house. A mezuzah watches over the contents and the residents that reside in the house. I saw this morning actually a story of a fellow that Nishfakein Vidacht left the Jewish path, left the path of his fathers, moved to some remote town in Wisconsin, and started from scratch on his own, was building himself his house, and as he was building himself a house, he was up on the roof or by the rafters, and he fell through. He fell through and miraculously landed on a beam, but it knocked him out. It was laying down the beam. Laying down the beam, he had a dream. Some rabbi came to him and asked him, does he have mezuzahs on the house? Do you have mezuzahs on your house? And he said, no. So the says, the mezuzahs watch over you. Make sure you have mezuzahs. No. He called up Rabbi Wolf in uh, Chicago and told him the story about this rabbi that came to him in a dream and told him he has to get mezuzahs and he needs mezuzahs. And the rabbi, I believe, also told him, I just, I'm just looking for the story a second, yeah. The rabbi also told him Okay. He decided he's going to put mezuzahs and put on tefillin as well. In the meantime, his tenant that was living in his former house in Chicago moved out. Now it was vacant. The man called her by wolf and asked him, Do I need mezuzahs on my door? Of my tenant house. So Rabbi Wolf told him, you should have mezuzahs, but if it gets rented to a guy, you don't have to. You take it off. Sure enough, it rented to a guy. He got a goyish tenant. He got a goyish tenant. So he didn't need mezuzahs. A few months later, he calls Rabbi Wolf frantically. And he says, the rabbi in my dream, who I recognize now as the Rebbe, came to me last night again and told me that since my goy, my goyish tenant moved out, I have to put mezuzahs up. <laughs> so please hurry up and put mezuzahs. Because the other tenant is not a goy? Or the no, the other tenant moved out. The goyish tenant moved out. It was empty, the house. Yeah. The mezuzah, therefore, represents the Ava and the Yira.
just like as we said, the mezuzah protects all the contents and the people that live inside. The bayis malisvarim, which is the teda. If teda is without ava and yira, without love and fear, then it's lacking. It doesn't. It's not complete. A raisa belay the chilu rechimu Tater without Ava Vira does not fly. Doesn't go up. So brought down to Kunizea. Or the Mishnah Pikyavis which says that when is Tater work in Mirasai Kazemis Khachmasa? Then Khachmasa is Kayemis. In the third Padik in the ninth Mishnah. When this fear of God and that precedes Khachma, then the Khachma can exist. Bechol ha'emer, the Gemara, if those who are keeping score at home, Yevomis, Kuftes Amit Beis, 109, side 2 says, Kol ha'emer, Eimli, Ela Teda, I feel the Teda Eimli. Someone says, I'm only Teda, oh, it's all about Teda. Then he doesn't have Teda either. If he doesn't have the mitzvahs, he doesn't have the midis. The famous story of the Hashem HaKadosh that came to a Bismedish, it was packed Back to the gills, and people were learning with such a smother. It was beautiful. And Vashanta said, I can't, I can't go in. I can't go in. It's too full. So the Rabbi, no, 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 there's a chair over there for you. There's a table over there for you. There's a stander over there for you. I can't go in, it's too full. And the Hashem explained that the people are learning Teda because of they want to amass the knowledge and because they feel that they are all about the Teda, the Teda is all about them, and it's their Teda, etc. They don't apply the Ava, the Yid, and the Midas. And therefore all that they're learning is staying here in the Bismedish. It's not rising up. Because without the wings of Ava and Yida, it doesn't go up. Since it's not going up, it's hovering in this Bismedish, there's no room, I can't get in. So this is therefore why Bayez Malitzvarim is Chayev in Mezuzah. Because the Ava and the Yira protect, the Ava and the Yira elevate, and see to it that the Teda is where and how it should be. standard question and we'd be amiss to leave it out so therefore although there were other things I wanted to talk about no I'm not delving we spoke already about the the war, the battle the questions, the mezuzahs the, the talus with the tchelas the question goes before the words vayikach kerach on top of your page, it says the page number. It says what chapter in the book of Numbers you are in. And it says the name of the Torah portion of the Pasha is Kairach. An entire portion of the Tedach Deja is named after the likes of Kairach. 
My dear friends, Kairach, the grief that Kairach gave Moshe, the problems that Kairach caused, <coughs> the fact that the ground had to open up and swallow him, it's a little unheard of, except for the story in Krakow with the wedding. Not much in history do we find that the ground opens up and swallows the sinner. It's pretty severe. And yet a parsha is named after him. Yes, I know, I know. I'm going to get the same grief when it comes to Bullock. You're going to ask me the same question. And we'll have an answer for that too, Mitzvah. But let's first scrutinize who is Kerach and what it was all about. In Mishnah, the Pasuk says, Shem Rishayim Yirkev. The names of the wicked should be eradicated. For those keeping score at home, the Gemara Masech Tzuma, Daflamet Chesam at Beis, thirty-eight side two. Gemara says Leimaskina B'Shemayu. Don't even mention the names. I believe I said a few weeks ago. I heard from Rabbi Heller that the fellow that called up and asked. The Rasisive, remember which one, contemporary one. That I wake up in the middle of the night, I have to go to the uh, facilities. And I go back to bed and I want to fall asleep. I don't fall asleep right away. But I didn't say Birza Shacha. I didn't say Birza Teda, excuse me. If I didn't say the blessings for Teda, I can't learn Teda and I can't think Teda. What should I think of? And he told them to think of the names, do like I do, I think of the names of the Tanayim Lamaroyim. But here it says, When it comes to the wicked, we don't even have any, anything with their names. So how can we call a Parsha? Kerach. It's brought down, Machlekes of Kerach was because his want, his yearning to be the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. The Pasuk says, We kashtem gam kuhuna, mevakshim kuna gedela. They were asking for the kuna they wanted, he wanted to be a Kohen Gadol. And it's a good thing. And the proof that it's a good thing is, Maisha says, I also want it. You want, I also want. The problem is the behavior of Kedach when it came to the bottom line was not befitting of him. And therefore we know why the parish is called Kedach. To show us that the idea, the thought, the way, the train of thought of saying, I want to be a Kayan Godel, this was good. You did good. This is what we learn from the Pasha, from the name of the Pasha. When you meet another Jew, that on the outward looks, is in a situation that's not the way he should be, a person can think, let him go with Kerach under the ground, one of the sun. Tells us the Teda, we have a lesson from the name, that Parsha Zu Yofa Nidreshes 
this Pasha was very well planned out and learned. Which means to say, this Jew, this Parsha, that you meet with him, Darshani Lidresh, you have to find his Pintaliyid, his good points, and Yofa Nidreshes, and bring it out from him. Because Afalpi Shechotta Yisrael, who the Yamada, for those keeping score at home, is Sechta Sanhedrin, Memdalid, in the beginning of Omer Aleph. 44, the top of the first number, the first page, first side. Call Yisrael Mivli Dishashe Vimatsove Yaprati. Every Jew, without looking at his single, his, his situation, how he keeps Tayra, what he does with mitzvahs, etc., his heart is ultimately the, the, the Friedrich Rebbe wrote. That libei tomim imavayevetirasei. His heart is full and complete with God and His Tera, and therefore Kedach teaches us the name of the Pasha teaches us: don't judge a book by its cover. Don't even go that way. But rather, if you see a Jew in need in, of help spiritually, it is your obligation to go and reach out to him. Not say, not think. That who is he and why should I belittle myself? Why should I lower myself? Why should I waste my time with him? But rather we need to develop a rapport and a help and build him up and build up every single one of our brothers and sisters and Ambene Yisrael so that we can be Zecha this Sunday, Miyat Hashem. For those who are not aware of it, there's a tremendous gathering outside at 770 in the evening. It will be Anoshim Noshim Vitaf. Be there. Show your solidarity to Yidin. Show how we live. Am Echod, Belev Echod, Ish Echod. And in Schuzer, will be Zeicher that this Shabbos will be taken with Mashiach Tzikeno to Yerushalayim in Akedish. Shabbat Shalom to all.